as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You are listening to 1% or less with him on his hard line. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. It is Wednesday, May 25th, 2022, and uh, I hope you're all having a wonderful day so far. Happy hump day. We're in the middle of the week, and we are just a couple more days to the weekend, so hang in there. We're almost there, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're all doing well, and uh, I hope that uh, whenever you decide to listen to this, if you're not listening live and no matter what time of the day it is, I just pray that your day starts off well, it ends off well, and I hope that, you know, just we got a lot of craziness going on in the world these days. And, of course, our pockets are getting hit harder and harder with inflation through fuel and food and our utilities and, and uh, you know, textiles, you know, by, you know, through buying clothes and it's just, it's, I know it's getting hard, but, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta really put your faith and trust in the Lord and, and God and understand that, um, there's a reason why we go through these trials and tribulations. There's a reason why we go through these kind of things. Um, you know, our nation, our nation has just been over the last several decades, we have been really a nation that has strayed so far away from God. And we as a people collectively don't really hold ourselves accountable anymore these days. Now, like people like myself on an individual basis, I certainly do my best to hold myself accountable because I don't expect anybody else to do, you know, my bidding for me. I don't ride on people, you know, the coattails of others. And if I make a mistake, yeah, it's more than likely going to be my fault. Um, and I take accountability and ownership with, uh, you know, my mistakes and I try to learn from them. Um, but a lot of people, by and large, on the collective level, there's no accountability. And it kind of leads me into, um, like, with what we're seeing today in our world with our society and the culture here in America. I mean, you know, we're a country that has let late-term abortions take, you know, pornography is probably the history of this world. And... On top of that, sport. The most money are the industries that we should not really even partake, you know, participating in or partaking in the consumption of, because at the end of the day, it's all lead a diminishing of your uh, moral fiber, you know, and 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 a chipping away at your soul. Really, we have to realize that what we're dealing with is. Re- you it's your soul and so we're going to read something here out of the book of ezekiel chapter 14 we're going to start with verse 12 and it's going to go to verse 23 and then after that i am not doing anything i'm not doing anything in the house (laughs) i am not doing any chores i did all my stuff earlier in the week monday and tuesday today is going to be the day after i get done with this podcast i'm going to go outside and 
try to teach my daughter how to ride two wheels on her bicycle and we're going to play and it's just going to be an evening about her because I've just been so busy and just caught up with getting things done around the house and work. I feel like she thinks that I'm kind of ignoring her and I don't want her to feel like that. So today, after I get done with this, we're going to have a whole evening of fun, possibly might start out the fire and do some s'mores out back. As long as I get a good progress report from, from my wife, apparently yesterday she uh, had a problem listening all day. So she did not, um, she was not able to get a treat yesterday and supposedly that carries over into today. But if she's good, I might be able to push mom a little over, you know, get her to be a pushover today. So we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> That's, you know, it's, you know, daddy daughter relationship right there. You know, daddy tries to give her, you know, uh, some things, you know, when mom says no, but again, you know, then the opposite will happen. If I say no, and then her mom will say, oh, okay, you know, but she'll look at me making sure it's okay. Cause obviously we don't want to, uh, we don't want to, uh, what do you want to call it? What's the word I'm looking for? Negate or, you know, um, cheapen what the other parent is saying or, you know, holding firm on. So we usually try to look at each other or talk behind the scenes first before we kind of make the uh, exception, if you will. Right. That's what good parents are supposed to do because you don't want to have those discussions or those uh, tiffs in front of your kid because it couldn't eventually, you know, turn into something that it shouldn't have been, you know, and then, the ki- you know, your kids can kind of like placate off that and, and, uh, you know, use that against you guys. You know what I mean? So you never want to do that. Always do that stuff behind the scenes out of sight and hearing of the children because they're smart. They'll, they'll freaking, they'll play you. <laughs> and my daughter's pretty smart too. All right. Let's get started. So, um, again, just a couple quick show notes real quick. Don't forget to share the website, www.hishardline.com. And uh, I'm on Telegram and on Truth Social. Those are the two platforms I'm predominantly most active on. And I do have a Rumble. I'm so active on that one. Good. All right, let's get started. We're going to talk about just causes. All right, and we're starting with verse 12 in in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 14. And it reads, The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, if a land sins against me by breaking faith and I stretch out my hand against it, breaking its staff of bread and setting famine loose upon it, cutting off from it human being, Daniel and Job. became a wasteland with no one which no one would cross because of the wild beast and these three were in it as i live oracle of the lord god i swear they could save neither sons nor daughters they alone would only be able to save they alone would be saved but the land would become a wasteland Or if I bring the sword upon this land, commanding the sword to pass through the land, cutting off from it human being and beast alike, and these three were in it, as I live, oracle of the Lord God, they could save neither sons nor daughters. They alone would be saved. Or if I send plagues into this land, pouring out upon it my bloody wrath, cutting off from it human being and beast alike, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, 
oracle of the Lord God, they could save neither son nor daughter. They would save only themselves by their righteousness. Thus says the Lord God, even though I send against Jerusalem my four evil punishments, sword, famine, wild beast, and plague, to cut off from it human beings and beasts alike, there will still be some survivors in it who will bring out sons and daughters. When they come out to you and you see their ways and their deeds, you shall be consoled regarding the evil I brought on Jerusalem, everything I brought upon it. They shall console you when you see their ways and their deeds, and you shall know that not without reason did I do it, or excuse me, that not without reason did I do to it everything I did, oracle of the Lord God. And that concludes the reading from uh, verse 12 to 23 in Ezekiel chapter 14. So, as I read a note down here uh, at the bottom of the page here, it says that according to Ezekiel, the people in Jerusalem deserve destruction because they are an exception to the principle of the individual responsibility, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. When he affirms that some of those deserving death will survive and be reunited with family in exile, the, depra the depravity of Jerusalem testifies that the punishment of Jerusalem was just and necessary. Now, as far as Noah, Daniel, and Job, considering that these were righteous folk heroes when Israel shared with other ancient uh, Near Eastern cultures, Daniel was the just judge celebrated in uh, Ugaritic literature, perhaps the model for the hero of uh, Daniel 13. Now, back to like what it was saying, how he admits that there is an exception when all this takes place that to the principle of individual responsibility that when he affirms that some of those that deserve death will indeed survive and be reunited with their family in exile, the depravity of Jerusalem defies, testifies that the punishment of Jerusalem was just and necessary. So considering the fact that in that time, where it says, I stretch out my hand against it, breaking it staff of bread and setting famine loose upon it, cutting off from it human being and beast alike. You know, because of the, the land, there it was just, there was so much sin on the land done by man, son of man. There was so much sin. So much sin that it filled that land. Kind of like uh, our country now kind of like America, for sure. There is so much corruption and so much debauchery and crime and lawlessness that ultimately, just, I mean, here's the thing. You know, we all know the flood of Noah and the whole purpose of the rainbow. That was a covenant God made to know that he would never do that again. Right? He would never wipe out humanity because of their lawlessness. But 
It's not to say that he won't wipe out a majority of people if we ever return to such lawlessness and abundance of crimes and sins and debauchery and abominations that are definitely unfavorable in his image, in his mind. So again, back to what I was saying earlier in the opener, with how collectively as a nation, we don't really take responsibility or take ownership in our actions anymore. In fact, we don't even take accountability or we don't even take, uh, we don't even hold a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not accountability, but we don't hold a reverence and a acknowledgement of God in general. And I, I, I would I half hazardly say that that's half not America's fault and half of the fault of Americans, because we all have free will. We all have the knowledge of God. We just have to make that conscious decision to chase after God and invite Christ in our heart. But, you know, when you have schools and corrupt politicians and people in Hollywood and mainstream media trying to take God out of the public square and banning Bibles and and trying to teach uh, wrongly out of the Bible in general, just to try to distort truth. You know, that's kind of the part of me that has a little bit of grace that says, well, it's halfway not their fault. But however, let's remember, we live in a very, very fallen world. There's no doubt we live in a fallen world. I mean, when there's a kid in Wisconsin that's getting charged by the school for sexual harassment because he used the wrong pronoun to a, a, a female student in that school because she wanted to be referred to as they, them, and not she, her. What kind of nonsense is that? And so what I'm talking about here is that we are going to be entering into an age of accountability. And we need to basically pull our heads out of our rear. And we really need to start kind of listening to God more. We need to clean out the earwax and really put down the distractions and the stuff that really creates noise in our headspace that we can't hear God when he's even screaming at the top of his lungs, metaphorically. Most people wouldn't know what communication from God would even look or sound like because they're too busy on social media or doing this, that, and the other, following football or whatever. Fill in the blank of whatever, you know, pleasure you like to desire in. But the people who do their best to be their best and to try to be the best version of themselves in such a fallen world. I mean, listen, here's the thing. We're all sinners. There's no doubt about that. There's, it's not even a question, but it's the people that do their best to be the best versions of themselves and intentionally live as best as they can in the righteous pathway, right? Taking that narrow gate. So when that time of judgment does come and God finally destroys the land through fire and fury, so long that you are truly trying to live justly and righteously and live in the ways of the Lord and try to follow his commandments to the best of your absolute ability. And God knows your heart. You'll be spared just like Noah and Daniel and Job. You got to have that faith. You got to hold firm and strong to those commandments, to his laws. But by and large, the collective population, yeah. Like it says in verse 15, if I summon wild beasts to prowl the land, depopulating it so that it became a wasteland, which no one would cross because of the wild beast, and these three were in it, as I live, 
I swear they could save neither sons nor daughters. They alone would be saved. See, again, it all goes and stems back to personal responsibility. Even Noah, Job, and Daniel would not be able to save their own sons and daughters because it all stems back to personal responsibility. Unliving righteously and not living in intentional sin. But it does say, Thus says the Lord God, even though I send against Jerusalem my four evil punishments, sword, famine, wild beast, and plague, to cut off from it human being and beast alike, there will be some survivors in it who will bring out sons and daughters. And when they come out to you and you see their ways and their deeds, you shall be consoled regarding the evil I brought on Jerusalem, everything I brought upon it. And they shall console you. And when you see their ways and their deeds, and you shall know that without reason did I do to it everything that I did. Meaning, if you survive, you need to look to those who survived with you and watch their deeds and watch how they live. Because we can never return to a place in history ever again to where we have these abominations for where, you know, little boys are being taught and brainwashed to be little girls and little girls to be little boys. And hey, it's okay, Johnny, if you want to be a girl, we can get your surgery so you can, you know, snip and tuck your private areas there so you can look like a, a female. And having transgenders coming into elementary schools doing transgender makeup day and teaching kids how to do transgender makeup. Like, what is that? That's the kind of nonsense I'm talking about. And no, I'm not going to sit here and take comments from people saying, oh, well, you're being bigoted. No, I'm sorry. I'm not being bigoted. What I'm being is, you know what? When you're an adult, what you do on your own terms and behind your own bedroom, that's between you and God. But the minute you start dragging children into the mix of all this, that's when I have a problem. And when schools particularly allow this crap, almost said a bad word, excuse my language. When they allow this nonsense to enter into the school doors, to be infiltrated into the minds of impressionable, molded young minds, that's a problem for me. God forbid we we you know we push Christianity and the and the love of Christ out there in the public purview, but you know we get condemned. But oh, it's okay if you got transgenders in the LGBTQ LMNOP community out there, you know, and groomers out there pushing their BS nonsense, trying to push their sexuality and 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 how to become a transgender and how to do snip and tucks and all this other stuff on children in elementary age groups. Not cool. I have an extreme problem with that. the end of the day, we have to hold ourselves accountable. And part of that accountability includes bringing up our children, our sons and daughters in the right ways as well. Listen, we homeschool. We refuse to let our daughter go to a public school, even a, even a, a privately paid for Christian or Catholic school, because I got news for you. That same nonsense still exists in some forms some form in, in those settings. I went to Catholic school. My, my wife went to Catholic school longer than I have. You still got the same nonsense that you see in public schools. It's just you get a bit of a better education. But at the end of the day, 
we have to do our best to also guide our sons and daughters in the righteous path as well so that they won't fall and intentionally live in a lifestyle of sin, intentional sin. I'm not sure if any of this is really making any sense, but in my mind as I speak it, it sounds good. I don't know how it's being received, but I hope I hope my point is getting across here. Here's my point. If and when that day comes in our lifetime where the fire and fury of God's judgment comes to, you know, create an inferno all around the earth, I hope and pray to God and Jesus Christ that he spares me. Oh boy, because I really, I just, nothing scares me more than being burned alive. Especially being burned alive by the wrath of God, being decimated. But I hope I can be part of that remnant. But if I'm not, well, I guess I respect it. God makes his decision for a reason. All I can say is that I tried my best to be the best version of myself, that is. So anyway, I end all this in a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this day. And thank you for another day of life and good health, not just for myself, but for my wife, our daughter, and those that are listening on the other side of the speaker. I pray for those out there that are struggling financially, that you help them through these trials that they're going through. Everybody's got different crosses that they're bearing. And I know you're a loving God and you want nothing but the best for us. But you also, I also know that you want us to learn very valuable lessons. And with those valuable lessons, sometimes comes high cost. And so I just pray that you can help people while they suffer and go through these high costs that we see as inflation, that there can be valuable lessons that get taught to many of these men and women out here that are, are dealing with the, the pains here. But most importantly, I just pray, Father, that you also help not just myself, but everybody listening to become more accountable and take ownership in all of our actions, thoughts, and words that we put forth out there in the universe. Because there is so much power behind the tongue, we understand that the words that come from the tongue can deliver either life or deliver death. And so we just pray that you help us make those proper decisions and to guide us and to be our beacon of light and to... Just guide us and we'll follow. We pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. That is all I have for the evening. I hope you all have a blessed night, morning, afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. And please share this podcast with at least five to 10 friends or family members. Um, I've literally seen double downloads. Uh, my, my download levels have been doubled this past month, um, which has been great. I'd like to see it double again. Um, so please keep sharing this social media, email, text, or just bring people to the website, hishardline.com. Very easy. And they can listen to the podcast from there. Just on the landing page, there's a button that says start listening, hit that button and it'll take you right to, you know, the media player and it plays podcasts starting with the most recent one and goes in descending order to the oldest. So with that until then, or the next time I will be back tomorrow with another 1% or less with him with God at my side and Jesus at my side, because remember they are at the wheel. They are the ones that are steering the ship and they're the host of the show. And at the end of the day, you give complete surrender of your life to them. They will pull you through the other side of the storm. So with that, I bid you adieu. Have a wonderful evening and God bless. It's time to go have some fun outside with my daughter.